Hey ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Dot Book Club. I'm Julie Callio, your host. Thank you so so much for tuning in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today, ladies, we are taking a look at the decline of King Saul's reign, and this is found in 1 Samuel chapters 13 through 15, and it is closely linked to his obedience to God through Samuel's leadership. Saul was not in power long until we see Saul's first sin. The Israelites are still fighting the Philistines, and in verse 3, we see that Jonathan, which we will learn is Saul's son, won a battle. The word went around that Saul took it, even though it was Jonathan's success. Then the Philistines came in all their 300,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, and there were so many Philistines that they were at sand on the seashore. Verse 5. And the Israelites were distressed. And then some ran away, and then the ones who followed Saul were actually trembling. They were fearful. In verse 8 of chapter 13, we see that Samuel had appointed a time to come to Saul in Gilgal in seven days. And on that seventh day, Saul lost patience, and he sacrificed a burnt offering and a peace offering. As soon as he finished, Samuel came and said, What have you done? Saul gave his excuses, and then Samuel said, You have acted foolishly. You did not keep the commands of the Lord, and because of that, your kingdom will not continue. A man after God's own heart will be captain over his people. It's interesting to me that when Samuel speaks, and therefore when God is speaking to Saul, he uses the word for captain or ruler instead of the Hebrew word for king. This seems to carry with it a realization that God is the true king of Israel, and the king of Israel is truly just a captain over Israel, a ruler over Israel. In other words, God owns it all, and we are called to be stewards of what God has given us. But Saul has forgotten that. In verses 19 through 23, it shows us that the Philistines have the iron to make weapons, but the Israelites did not. So the only people from Israel who had any sword or axe was Saul and Jonathan his son. This made Israel again very distressed. Chapter 14 begins with Jonathan again winning an attack. He did not tell his dad, the king, that he was going. We see the king sitting under a tree, not at a battle. We see his army was only about 600 men, so it had declined. We see that Saul has a priest, the grandson of Eli, but not from a good background. They didn't know Jonathan had gone. And then in verse 6, we hear Jonathan say, Come, let us go to the uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. In other words, the Lord doesn't need a lot of people to fight his battles. He can fight battles with even just a few people on his side. He then sets a sign. If the Philistines see us and they say, come up, 
Then we will know that God is with us. They said, come up. And they did. And Jonathan and his armor bearer won the battle. Jonathan succeeded again. When all the Israelites heard it, they then came and fought even the ones who had run away. Verse 23 says that the Lord saved Israel that day. And then verse 24 says, And the men of Israel were distressed that day for Saul. Oh no, what did Saul do this time? Saul's folly caused distress because he said, Cursed is any man that eats until evening, that I may be avenged of mine enemies. So none of the people tasted any food. Again, you see, it's I, not us. This caused distress because they were extremely hungry and faint from all of the fighting, but they feared the king's oath. But Jonathan didn't know about it, and so he saw some honey and ate it, and his eyes were brightened. And then they said, your dad said that cursed is anyone who eats. Jonathan even said that his father's oath brought trouble to the land. And the trouble trickled down even more unto the Israelites. For once the evening had come, they took of the spoil, they slew the animals on the ground and ate it with the blood, which was forbidden by God. Saul was told, and Saul made an altar unto the Lord. This was his first. He asked God if they could go fight, but God didn't answer. He found out that Jonathan had been cursed, even though Jonathan didn't know about the curse at the time. Saul said, he must die, and Jonathan agreed. But the people stepped in and stopped him, since it was at Jonathan's hand that Israel received victory. The end of chapter 14 shows all of the triumphs that Saul had in his kingship and the land that was expanded with his leadership. What I like about these verses in the midst of Saul's two main sins is that it shows all people's sin. Here we see that Saul only had one wife, which was God's command, and then King David had multiple wives, which the law forbid. Plus, even if Saul was the people's choice, God still blessed through him. Then, of course, that leads us into chapter 15, which re-shows us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, except for Jesus, that is. Well, God told Saul, through Samuel, to go and finally wipe out Amalek, and he was to completely wipe out the town. So they did. But Saul, verse 9 says, what did Saul do this time? But Saul and the people spared Agag the king and the best sheep and the best oxen and the best lambs and all that was good and would not destroy them. They only destroyed what was vice and what was refuge. In other words, they destroyed the worthless stuff. God then spoke to Samuel. God repented that he made Saul king because he turned from following me and did not follow my commandments. And this grieved Samuel, and he cried all night unto the Lord. The Lord told Samuel he could find Saul in Gilgal. When Saul came out to greet Samuel, he commented how blessed he was because he had performed the commandments of the Lord. Then Samuel responded, 
then why do I hear sheep baaing in the background? And I think my ears hear moo from the cows. Then Saul said, We kept all the good stuff in order to sacrifice to the Lord your God. Interesting word there. And the rest we destroyed. Then the key verse is verse 22. Does the Lord delight in burnt offering and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to listen than the fat of rams. Samuel continues, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also rejects you as king. Saul said, I have sinned. I have transgressed the commands of the Lord and your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. But even in his repentance, it's not fully true. He didn't do it because of the people. He did it because of himself. He asked for pardon and for the Lord to turn back toward him. But the answer was no. And Samuel turned his back on him. And Saul grabbed the skirt of his covering or his robe or his mantle. And it ripped. And Samuel turned and responded, The Lord has ripped the kingdom of Israel from you this day and has given it to a neighbor of yours, one that's better than you. Saul pleaded again that Samuel would turn to him one more time. So Samuel turned to Saul, and Saul worshipped the Lord. Verse 31. Then Samuel asked for Agag, the king of the Amalekites, to come forward, and he did. And Samuel said, As your sword made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel killed Agag before the Lord in Gilgal. The two men parted ways, and Samuel did not see Saul until the day of his death. Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. And here this word is the Hebrew word for king, not for captain. Well, ladies, our takeaway really boils down to one thing today. To obey is better than sacrifice. So what is standing in your way of obedience? Rebellion? Do you have to have it your way? Stubbornness? You're always right. Idolatry? Do you care more about you or other things than you do God? I want to encourage you to do whatever you know God wants you to do. Maybe you need to call someone and ask for forgiveness. Or maybe you need to forgive someone. Maybe walk in obedience and serving as you know he's called you to do. Or maybe it's your serving and you know God wants you to stop for a moment and find rest. If you're unsure, then ask God for a sign like Jonathan. If they say, come up, then we will go up. Today, ladies, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts like King Saul. Instead, let's be women who obey, for to obey is better than sacrifice. Until next time, and thanks again for listening.